Hey, it's BK. You're listening to BK on the Air, augmented bionic version. That's right, the podcast episode, which augments and adds more than you heard on air. And don't forget, we're live every Saturday, 10 a.m. till noon, on WBHF Radio, wbhfradio.org, or use the TuneIn app. And here we go. Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive, you are coming with me. The Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Yeah, just scarfing down my last bit of bacon here. My last little piece of bacon I had here for uh, breakfast this morning. Good morning. It's BK on the air. It's your shelter in place, escape, full of retro nostalgic geekiness every Saturday morning. I try to take you and uh, whisk you into the car. I'm, I'm like the guy that comes to pick you up. I'm your best friend. And you're getting, let's say you're getting married. And you don't really want to, you want to back out. And I'm like, Hey, you can still back out of this. Let's jump in the car. We can escape and I'll take you down to Gulf shores and we'll have a good time. We'll get out of here. That's what I'm doing. That's, that's the service I'm providing from this COVID-19 shelter in place. Good morning. I got Alan Sanders with me that there at the studio. Good morning. Great to know. We've got our wheel man ready to go when we want to make our own heist flick. Hey, you don't call me baby driver. Call me uh, middle-aged driver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling you baby anything. <laughs> right. No. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind it, but uh, you would be uh, incorrect. I'm glad everybody's out there this morning. <laughs> right. Me and the, the word baby does not enter the adjectives. You don't pack up that adjective to, to describe me. That's for sure. By the way, did you, did you see Baby Driver, the movie? I have not yet seen it, and I, I heard it's really, really good that it's almost it like they created the soundtrack first and staged the movie to it. It is. It's a great It's a great film, and when you watch Baby Driver, us, you and I both being from the uh, North Georgia, Atlanta metro area, you will recognize every shot in this film because the entire film was not only filmed in Atlanta, it's actually set in Atlanta. It's not Atlanta doubling for another city. It's actually set in the city of Atlanta, and we we're amazed when we were watching it. I'm not getting giving anything away or ruin it for you but watching it as he drives around trying to trying to get away from the cops in this film we're like what part of the day can you drive around like that in atlanta and not get stopped by something i mean he's just driving around at like 100 miles an hour all the way up and down i-75 there in downtown atlanta all the side streets and everything i'm like there's no way you can uh, you could do that and you yeah what, what i want to <laughs> see because i've heard this from a lot of people when it was the hit movie most of that driving 100% practical stunts. It's a, a stunt driver extraordinaire pulling off a lot of what they were doing. It is, and it's one of those films where, uh, and I loved it, by the way. I gave it two thumbs up. It's a great movie. When I, I was in downtown Atlanta back when, uh, a few years back, and I remember a, a portion of Peachtree and I think 11th Street were, was cordoned off due to, I thought there was some kind of police action going on because I saw a lot of cop cars and, and strobe lights and 
and things were backing up and everything was blocked off. Then I found out, I asked one of the cops on the side of the road, he goes, oh, they're, they're filming a movie up here. It's a, it's, it's a chase film. And I think it's got Kevin Spacey in it or something. And then later on, I'm like, oh, that's what they're, that's what I stopped that day for is when they were filming Baby Driver. That's amazing. And we've said it before when, I don't know about you, Alan, but when I get stopped by traffic, I get really mad. You know, I'm like, oh, come on, let's go. I don't want to wait any longer, especially around here. But when I, but after I find out I'm being blocked and delayed because there, there's a movie filming, I don't feel quite as mad. Isn't that weird? Well, you and I probably feel that way now. <laughs> If yeah, there was something else blocking that, yeah. that, that someone loved, we'd be going, wow, that's dumb. But, uh, yeah, no, we had uh, we had a lot of stuff is being shot here in Bartow and Carterville, as you know, which, ironically, you posted just recently some of the sh- shots uh, that they used in Guardians 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But there was a day we were all stopped because they were filming some stuff on an overpass they were using for uh, another uh, one of the Spider-Man movies. And I was like, well, I'm okay. We'll, we'll, we'll hold. They, I know as soon as they get their take, 30 seconds, a minute, whenever they, they wrap up their shot, well, they'll open it up for a few minutes while they reset cameras. We'll be fine. And isn't that great? Yeah, I did post that, and I think that was fantastic that it came up in my memory of the day. That beautiful, sunny Saturday morning uh, when you and I were on the air at WBHF in downtown Cartersville. It was like four years ago in 2016. It was four years ago, believe it or not. Yes, it was. That Gardens Marvel Studios and director James Gunn was in town, blocked off the entire downtown area of Cartersville to double for, I think it's a little town in Missouri was what it was doubling for. And they were filming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which was just on. I mean, I know you can watch it probably anytime on Disney Plus, but it was it was just on one of the channels the other night and I happened to happen upon it and watch some of it at the beginning, very beginning shot of Guardians 2 power plant out in New Harley. In New Harley, yep. Yeah. When, when Star-Lord's dad is cruising along, Ego and his Mustang with, with Star-Lord's mom back in the 70s and listening to Brandy on the radio. And I'm like, and that, that for to open with that tracking shot, and I'm in the theater, you probably thought the same thing I did. I'm like, hey, I've been down that road. Yeah, I, I said, oh, I know that, but <laughs> exactly yeah. where we are. <laughs> so a lot of good memories. Four years ago, they changed the front of our radio station to reflect a radio station that would be in the Midwest. Started our uh, call letters with a K instead of a W. Transformed downtown. Some great memories of, of them blocking off downtown to use what really turned out to be just about maybe less than 35 seconds in the film of the of the little town being taken over by the big blue blob of ego that he planted in the ground. <laughs> I was amazed at the amount of work because remember, I because I'm down here every day. For folks who, who weren't around listening to the show, maybe they're first time listeners, when they started to set up for that shot in downtown, they had a crew here for a four, three or four days redecorating downtown, including putting a fake facade on the theater, putting different theater posters up for this movie, uh, putting different names everywhere, so that way when they would go to shoot the scenes, it would be the town they wanted it to be. It wouldn't say Cartersville, Georgia, or have name stores. Uh, And so a lot of these stores had to shut down. And so what they did is they actually went from merchant to merchant and say, what is your average take for a Saturday and Sunday at your business? We're going to pay you to stay closed because we're going to be shooting all day. So they did all of this work for three or four days for two days of filming, and then they turned around and had to have another two days to put it all back. And then, and then really only one corner near a, near a Mellow Mushroom Pizza place that we have of a parking lot and just one of the main street roads that goes down with the cars flying up in the air, the stunts that they did with the cars, I guess. That's really the only area that wound up 
on film. None of the surrounding areas that they changed wound up on film, I guess, if I remember yeah. correctly. Well, like everything else, uh, and I think there's been some stories since with the director, they wanted to shoot a little bit more and maybe drop a seed for a potential new superhero that could be added to the MCU. But just when they go back and film and, and they look in the, as you know, you go in the editing suite, you go, you know, it'd be nice, but it really pulls away from the story. We're just going to cut it. Hey, I would. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind seeing Nathan Fillion come out in Marvel with uh, with Wonder Man. That would I'd be love cool. it. I've loved Nathan <laughs> Fillion ever since Firefly. So, <clears throat> I mean, he's a great actor, and uh, he would be a good addition. And, and another minor character that I didn't really know a lot about in Marvel, but if Marvel made a movie of him, I'm sure that it would be interesting and and fun to watch. But uh, yeah, four years ago, that uh, that doesn't seem that long to us, but it was. But uh, before we go to, uh, I know we got a break coming up with the Golden Rates of TV coming up after the first break. But I, I, I want to squeeze in another thing that you should check out. Uh, look for a documentary while you're locked down at home during this pandemic called Score. It's called Score, a film music documentary. I'll have more about this in the program later. But I watched it. It's fantastic. Alan and I both love music scores for films. That's orchestra scores, that is. But we like the songs, too, but the orchestra scores. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. And a lot of other stories. I've even got a box office report, believe it or not. You're saying, what? How come there? How could there be a box office report with all the theaters closed? Well, not all of them are. And I've got a box office report coming up right after the Golden Rage of TV. It's beat down there with nostalgic geekiness. Golden Rage of TV is here when we come back from the break. Gather around the Jiffy Pop. Gather around the Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. The Jiffy Pop. Gather around the Jiffy Pop. The family fun treat. And here's great fun, a Jungle Book Magic Picture Kit, free in specially marked packages of Jiffy Pop popcorn. Each kit's a different scene from Walt Disney Productions' full-length feature, Jungle Book. Four fun scenes in all. Here comes the Jiffy Pop. Fresh, hot, and delicious every time because you make it yourself. Gather around the Jiffy Pop, the family fun treat. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. fellow classic TV fans, the British import The Avengers ran from 1961 to 69 for a total of 161 episodes. Patrick McNee played the gentlemanly yet lethal John Steed for the entire run during which he had three lovely crime-fighting co-stars. The first was Kathy Gale, played by Honor Blackman. Some of her memorable roles included Jason and the Argonauts as the goddess Hera and as a Bond girl, I think I'll skip her name, in Goldfinger. In 1964, Blackman and McNee actually scored a top 10 hit song titled Kinky Boots, based on a popular piece of her character's apparel. Reportedly, the creators were looking to incorporate even more man appeal into the show. For the 1965 season, they worked that concept directly into the name of Steed's new partner. Initially, it was to be Samantha Peel. Then they considered Mantha Peel, then M. Peel, finally agreeing on Emma Peel. The fan favorite Diana Rigg also played a Bond girl in the film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. She was the only on-screen wife of James Bond. As a member of the most excellent order of the British Empire, the Tony Award-winning Dame Diana has worked steadily on stage and screen, and most recently on the HBO mega-hit Game of Thrones. 
Steed's partner in the Avengers' final season was Tara King, played by Linda Thorson. Her many film and television roles include Return of the Saint, Alan Alda's Sweet Liberty, and Star Trek The Next Generation. In syndication, the Avengers gained legions of fans. The spy-fi action-adventure with a dash of comedy even inspired a 1997 big-screen version starring Ray Fiennes as John Steed and Uma Thurman as Emma Peel. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat McCormick, for that golden trip into the Golden Rage of TV every Saturday here with BK on the air. We appreciate it. A lot of young people don't realize that they're, when some older folks are, are refer to the Avengers, they're actually talking about the old TV show, the British television show called The Avengers that he was just talking about. Now, I'm going to make, I'm going to tell you something, Alan. I never, I never got to watch The Avengers. I'm not that familiar with it, and I've never seen it since it was on. I've never revisited or had a chance to. It was a, it was, it was a very successful show, and it was imported here to the U.S. and was successful. But I did watch a lot of other British shows growing up like that. I saw a show called The Professionals with Robert Vaughn. I watched uh, Danger Man, Secret Agent Man with Patrick McGowan, and I got to watch The Man from Uncle, my dad growing up. But The Avengers was one that slipped by me. And I didn't get to see it. Well, I remember uh, uh, the uh, the man from Uncle, but I will tell you uh, the the song. I always used to think it was Secret Asian Man, and I was like, "Oh, we're going to the Orient." So. That's right. <laughs> Good old Johnny Rivers singing Secret Agent Man, which was a show. The show in the uh, the UK was called Danger Man, but for some reason, I guess they wanted to change it to Secret Agent Man for for the U.S. audience when they repackaged the title sequence and brought it over here. Yeah, now Danger Man audience. sounds like the title of a video game. It does. <laughs> it could sound like a good one, too. And you know what's funny is we're going to get into that later on. You have a podcast called uh, the, the Wilder Ride, and you guys examine the, the films of Gene Wilder one minute at a time. I've been on a few episodes, and I'm glad you guys have had me on, but your upcoming, your upcoming movie that you're going to be doing is Silver Streak, and the man who played Secret Agent and Danger Man, Patrick McGowan, is in Silver Streak, so I'm going to get to talk a little bit about him, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, before Alan Rickman, I guess uh, Patrick McGowan was a great villain in Silver Streak. Very educated, very erudite, spoke very well, and yet was the dastardly villain behind the main plot. Yes. Well, I talked about it earlier, and I, I want to say this too. I put this out on social media, and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and on SoundCloud app where you can listen to the show in case you missed it but i've trans i've become a transformer i've transformed bk on the air now into a podcast which you can find on anchor the anchor app and podbean so if you doubt if you have soundcloud anchor or podbean you can hear bk on the air in case you missed it now the the cool thing about anchor is you're going to be able to hear the older episodes, I've got them on there logged back from about two or three weeks ago. So if you miss a show and you want to go back and watch or watch or listen to one, you can watch it on your screen, I guess, while it's playing. But if you want to hear an episode of BK on the air, it's kind of a podcast now. And what's cool about it is if you've heard the show live here on WBHF using the TuneIn app or however you listen to it, when you hear the podcast version of BK on the air now, it's going to be augmented and bionic. And what I mean by that is I'm going to add things to it. I'm taking all the local commercial spots. There won't be any of that left in there. There's going to be New things added in between the breaks, new bits, new uh, com- old com- new old commercials, old spots from the old days, a little surprise here and there. So, And it'll be longer. So it's going to be kind of a special, I don't know, director's edition of BK on the Air on the podcast. What do you think about that? I like it. Just don't go all <laughs> Lucas on us. 
No, no, I didn't. No, I'm, I'm not changing anything that you that that we say. <laughs> I'll leave the original stuff alone, but it's all going to be. I'm going to just fill in the, the gaps in between and the cracks and seal the cracks up and stuff like that and do that. And I think it's a pretty good response from the last. That's that awesome. Did, so plus the cool thing is you can then share that via social media. It makes it a lot easier to grow your audience. That's right, and you know what? Grow my audience. Why not? Right. Well, it beats <laughs> the alternative. <laughs> I mean, if you have to pick between grow it or shrink it, right. I'll pick grow. I think I'll grow. I think I'll pick grow. Yeah, that's I'm not right. a big fan of shrinkage. So no, I'm not. Well, some things, but some things is good and bad. Using that, uh, using that word. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. I got a lot of news coming up on the program, and I don't have a lot of time before our first break. But what I want to, I do want to tease this coming up after the break is, I have a, I have a. I have a box office report, believe it or not. And also, we're going to talk about some of the theater chains that are looking to reopen here very soon. One of them has actually put out a date that they're targeting to open. And I'll have that story, too. But I, to- I was talking about this before we went to the break. Everybody's looking for something to occupy their time during this shelter-in-place COVID-19 pandemic. And you and I are always giving out movie suggestions and television shows that everyone can watch and we'll have a couple of those later on in the program today too but one i want to mention is uh, alan and i have a huge and a lot of our friends have a huge love and we've talked about it on the show before movie scores and film soundtracks and that's that's the orchestra scores and the incidental music that that accompany a film not not the songs or the pop songs that they release or whatever which those are okay too that's just a different type of soundtrack you know movies like Top Gun or Footloose and things like that. Of course, you're going to want the pop song soundtracks to those. But movies also have a separate soundtrack called the score, the the music that underlines the film and and tries to garner an emotional response from you or kind of pumps up the film here and there to, to make the feeling of it have more impact. And there's a documentary out now. and I think it's on more than one platform, but you can search for it. It's actually called Score a film music documentary. And I sent you, Alan, a, a link on this, a couple of my friends. I put one on the Wilder Ride for people to look at that have a love of film. And this documentary takes you through, even if you're not a huge lover of movie soundtracks per se that have orchestra scores, this film takes you on a journey and shows you exactly how it happens, what, how you go from a composer getting a movie from a director and deciding on what music to use, where to use it, where not to use it, talking about it with the director and seeing what his vision is and then going and and putting something as far as music goes to the film from step one all the way to the completed process. And if you've, if you can set aside a time, Alan, I don't know, uh, we've got time now. So (laughs) I think think you've got time. Now you finished your garden, your garden planter box, didn't you? I did finish them there. Now, now we've moved from building and putting dirt in to now, uh, I guess, tending to them as they're slowly growing. We're seeing the little shoots coming up already. Good. I wouldn't have sent you this link, this link if, if I didn't find it awesome. I mean, I gave this thing five stars. If I give something five stars, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to it because I'm a big fan. And I know uh, one of the jokes Danny Elfman often tells because he has become uh, pretty synonymous with film scores, especially some of the superhero movies, the early superhero movies. Uh, Danny Elfman said, I had no idea what I was doing. I was in this little, you know, like kind of a pseudo punk slash pop band. And here I am now I'm scoring a movie. <laughs> Yeah, Danny Elfman is on this, and he actually says exactly that in his little snippet of when he's talking. Uh, so he did say that. Uh, this this will center, I'll tell everybody, around some of the more the younger guys that are coming up now, the, the, the popular guys that are out there doing film scores now, like Tyler Bates and 
uh, Michael Henry Giacchino? Jackman. Do they have Michael Giacchino and, uh, in there being spotlighted? Because I think he's Michael an up and coming. Not on this thing. That's Michael awful. This. And I, some of them, some of them, I don't know if they weren't available. They couldn't squeeze everyone in. But uh, even Jerry Goldsmith and uh, John Williams are t- are in it via uh, archive interviews and whatnot. And it shows a lot of behind the scenes shots of uh, Spielberg working with Lucas behind the scenes at the piano, trying to think up the theme to uh, a lot of their films and stuff. So. A lot of it is archival, but a lot of it is the newer guys, and some of them I haven't heard of, and some of them I have. It really takes you on the journey of how how it's done. And there's a special tribute. I was, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but there's a, there's a composer that passed away not too long ago, a few years ago that uh, that that we like. And and by when the credits started rolling to this documentary, I'm like, wow, they never mentioned that guy. Where is he? Well, at the end, during the end credits, there's a little tribute snuck in to him with the director talking about him in a very great way. So stay for the credits of this, too, so you'll see that. So score a film music documentary. Two big thumbs up from me. If you want to watch it, if you're a lover of film music, you will absolutely adore this documentary. If, if you're not a big lover of film music, it's a fascinating watch just to see what you what they go through to uh, to get music on a, on a film and sometimes it's not an easy process Alan, see to me well that is the sign of a good documentary when it can be a subject that may not necessarily be a passion of yours and yet you can't help but watch it because they make it so interesting you just you're just it's it's um what's the, uh, what's the word i'm looking for it's uh it's engrossing it just totally engrosses yeah I'm, hey, I'm not a sports fan, but I'll watch a sports documentary that's got a lot of drama and fighting and maybe, uh, you know, some bloodshed and some, and some and some punches thrown. You know, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> some action. <laughs> the making of Rocky. Hey, that's right. It's that's like a sports right. movie. That's right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I've got more and we'll flash the audience, too. Stay tuned for that. It's BK on the air. The 1979 Cordoba. Perhaps its essential luxury can be known only by driving it, for this is a liberation, a new freedom, a most rare experience. As you turn and climb, there is a feeling of continuous achievement. Cordoba. Classic styling, uncompromised comfort. Cordoba, the contemporary classic from Chrysler. Computer, request security procedure and access to Project Genesis Summary. Identify for retina scan. Kirk, Admiral James T. Security scan approved. And now, back to a guy who thinks William Shatner deserves an Academy Award. It's BK on the air. A long distance, directly assistance, Eddie Cook 2 on 2. Say, hey, hey, Ma, this is Mr. Rhythm and Blue. He said hello. That's right, baby. It's BK on the air here live on WBKF AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. Dispensing your retro geekiness talk radio with extreme prejudice. I want to tell you, you can download the TuneIn app, unless you're already listening to it right now, but you can download the TuneIn app and hear me live every Saturday, 10 a.m. till noon Eastern. While it's actually going on, we talked earlier about how you can hear the podcast once it's over, but to listen to me live, you can download the TuneIn app on your mobile device or phone and listen to me there as well. Well, it's the time that we've reached that we'd like to... Flash the audience. 
of the news of the weird, strange, and the bizarre, and it's all true because I found it on the internet on at least more than one site. You know, we like to corroborate it at least that far. I have the first news. From UPI, a London man was in the midst of an attempt Friday to applaud for 24 consecutive hours to raise money for health care workers. That's right. Clap his hands. Jack Pejam said his fundraiser, which began Thursday at 8 p.m., was inspired by uh, the Clap for Our Care uh, for Our Carers initiative, which encouraged Britons to weekly applaud health care workers dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of stuff going on on our shows across the pond this morning, isn't there, Alan? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we had a lot of stuff going on in England, and we're talking about it. We were there is live taking with the idea the... one step further by attempting to clap for 24 consecutive hours and raise money for that charity. His fundraiser had less than $400 left to go toward his goal of raising $6,173 with more than four hours left to go on his applause Friday, his applause-a-thon. We don't have an update on his success, but we all hope that he makes it. Now, that's cool when you're doing something like that for a charity, right? Yes! He's putting his hands together and clapping. That's right. I've got another news. From UPI, in our own backyard, police in Georgia said an officer rescued a snake that was pooped out from under the... Oh, sorry. Countered! I used the wrong word. Amerisa read that. He popped out of a vehicle at a bank's drive through window. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> the Bibb County Sheriff's Office said the Animal Enforcement Unit responded to the bank in Macon after a caller reported a snake slithering out from under the hood of a car. The sheriff's office said the bank customer fled their vehicle and went inside the bank for help when they spotted the snake emerging. They were able to uh, locate the reptile in the car door jam and extracted it without any injury to the creature. The serpent, identified as a non-venomous eastern rat snake, was released back into the wild. Now, you know what? I know some folks who would poop if a snake popped out anywhere. (laughs) I can tell you, my wife would. She is terrified of snakes. I think I told you the story. We had some uh, coax cables that had just been in the garage, just on the floor next to a shelf. They'd just been sitting there for a while. So you got used to just seeing these coiled coax cables. And one day uh, last fall, my wife comes up the stairs, and she looks like like she's seen a ghost, that, that expression of seeing just almost rigid with terror. And she goes, I think there's a snake in the garage. And I go down there, and it had curled up right in and around the cables. It was about a little three-foot-long. It was a rat snake. It was a good snake, but you still have to take it outside. But she was freaked out. See, that's right. You remember? I don't know if you remember when Mrs. BK posted her video of the snake that she found in our house two or three years ago. Yeah, I believe the follow-on video, she just burned the house down. That was easier to deal with. Well, yeah, insurance covered it, thank God. (laughs) Yes, No, she's walking down the steps one morning, and uh, she didn't have her contacts in. And she knew that she was vacuuming earlier and left the vacuum at the bottom of the stairs. And, the co- you know, the cord might have been down there. But as she walked closer, she noticed that cord's moving. There was actually a, a, a big uh, rat snake had made its way in her house. To this day, here's what freaks me out. I don't know how it got in. I'm like, if I could find out why or how that snake got in my house, I could block it off or do something about it. We never found out. Never had a problem since then. But. Thank goodness it was just a, a rat snake. And as we all know, rat snakes are very beneficial out there. Don't kill the don't kill the rat snakes. They're doing no, their job. No, yeah, let them live. Right, I've got another news. That's a bit cool bumper sticker, right? Rat snakes, let them live. <laughs> Put it on your car, you know. 
That'd be great. Officials in California City buried a popular uh, buried a popular skate park in sand. You might have seen this to deter skateboarders from violating coronavirus lockdown orders. But sand covered park ended up attracting a whole new crowd. Dirt bikers. Yeah. Connor Erickson posted a YouTube video showing how he and some of his friends visited Ralph's skate park in San Clemente to ride their dirt bikes across the 37 tons of sand dumped onto the park by city officials to prevent gatherings. It was there to keep people from skateboarding and stuff. So you know what? Even when they do something to prevent one group from doing something, somebody else can come in and have fun. Just like Jurassic Park, nature always finds a way, right? Always. Look, you know what? You can try to control the uh, the behavior of people, but there's always there's, it's impossible. If you, otherwise, you could just create a law that says you're no longer allowed to do anything wrong. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just find new and uh, creative and new ways to do stuff wrong. <laughs> right? We there's, know. About there's that. always another way to cause a problem. From UPI, I've got another news. An Ohio brewery is inviting beverage fans of all ages to participate in a record attempt for the world's largest virtual toast. The Jolly Scholar in Cleveland said people can participate from their own homes during the coronavirus lockdown by going to the brewery's Facebook page at 7 p.m. on May the 1st. That's thejollyscholar.com. The brewery's planning to go live with a video starring Les the Beer Guy Flake. I guess he's one of those guys up there with the, with the brewery. He's a popular beer vendor at Cleveland Indians Games, and Flake will lead the toast after the introduction. Jolly Scholar owner Matt Van said people of all ages are invited to participate. Well, I guess if they're underage, they have to use lemonade or Kool-Aid or something. Participants are encouraged to film themselves during the toast so the evidence can be submitted to the website recordsetter.com, which will then issue certificates to the participants. You ever been involved in anything like that, Alan? No, I haven't, but it sounds interesting. That's cool. The only the only thing I was involved with with was something like that is we were it was it was a Guinness record. We were we were at DragonCon one year and they were trying to they were trying to beat the most people dressed in Star Trek costumes in one place at one time. And I think that we broke it that year. But every time someone else, I think every year after that, tries to break it, they always break it. So I was involved at least in one record-breaking thing involving a crowd, which was fun. Well, a virtual toast sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. And you don't, you of all people, don't need a, an excuse to to raise a glass. You can just raise it at home or wherever you are. Never. I mean, it's it's <laughs> ever. There's never a wrong time to raise a toast. Oh, I've got the final news. <laughs> Amari Darcy doesn't usually play with her younger members of her family, but on last Sunday, she broke down and joined in a game of hide-and-seek. The 18-year-old ultimately chose as her hiding place, however, turned into a bit of a disaster. After all the hiding places have been used, according to her, she thought about hiding in... What do you think she hid in, Alan? The outhouse well. Oh, if it it was only that. She decided to hide in the washing machine. Shut the front door. Okay. Not the dryer, the washing machine. And I'm wondering if they have their age right in this story because I double-checked it and it said 18 years old. I, I, she's either a really small gal or, 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 or skinny or something. I didn't. I can't see an 18-year-old getting to I know I can't get into one. I know you can't. But unless it's one of those industrial-sized ones. She did. She hid in the washing machine, promptly becoming trapped inside. Now, a cousin finally tracked her down and told adults in the residence when 
They then summoned Prince William County Fire and Rescue to the scene around 11 p.m. Dan- uh, Dancy's rescue is documented in a multi-picture Instagram post put up by her aunt showing rescuers trying to figure out how to get her out of her predicament, which they did eventually rescue her. So there you go. Wow. I mean, I don't, now also, I'm thinking eight or nine years old, but an 18-year-old getting into the washing machine, that that doesn't, that shows a little lapse in judgment, don't you think, talking about teenagers? I don't know, maybe she, maybe she was like <laughs> a cousin to Willow, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, you don't make sure that they're in there, you know, you get into the dryer, you know, it's a whole different thing. 770-386-1450 is our number. I mentioned earlier, you can catch me on the podcast. We've augmented the show after it's after it's over every Saturday, we've augmented it, made it bionic, and put it up uh, put it up on a podcast on Anchor. You can download the Anchor FM app, which will also give you the option to listen to it on Spotify too. By the way, so we're just branching out with all the silliness. I'm like a I'm like a, a virus too that's getting out of control and getting out there. It's the BK on the air virus, but this is a good one. I don't uh, I, I can I can inoculate you from all your bad thoughts and and whatnot. I've got a movie report coming up later on in the program today. One of the movie changes, thinking about opening back up, actually a couple of them are. And another story that I've got coming up, there's a convention that happens in the southeast, one of the biggest ones that says that they're going to continue on with their thing during uh, during this lockdown, which I think the lockdown will be gone by the time uh, by the time they open up their doors in downtown Atlanta. And also, hey, what do you think? What do you think is the most delivered and eaten and, and ordered food? during this whole thing. Well, Grubhub has released a story about which foods and what region they're in that people are eating the most of and what they're ordering of. And you, you may not understand and believe a lot of it when I tell you what, what everything is. All that, and we'll, we'll go on this day, April 25th, later on in the program today. Today's April 25th, and we'll tell you what happened on this day. Birthdays, uh, movies, well, number one at the box office of a certain year, and uh, what national day it is. It's always national something day. And it's BK on there. Alan and I will keep you entertained to have some more TV and movie suggestions during the lockdown. We'll come back. We'll return after these announcements. I don't want to grow up. I'm a toys rocket. They got a million toys and toys are that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a toys rocket. They got the best for so much as you really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. Listening to BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online on the TuneIn Radio app. Now, back to a guy who'll make you feel really young, mostly because he's so old. It's BK on the Air. Yes, but as we well know, Alan, with age comes wisdom, correct? Generally. <laughs> With my wife, folks, my wife right? questions that phrase when she looks at me. <laughs> Come on, we both got to admit, even even our better halves have to admit that we're probably smarter people than we were when we were 16. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I don't know how far we've come. <laughs> I know some of us are definitely were, were thinner back then. <laughs> my my wife sure. uses the phrase that my mom used to use all the time. Shouldn't you know better? Yeah, that one gets thrown at me sometimes. 
as well. Like, well, and it's by mostly listeners. I, so I, don't, I don't, I don't know until I try it. But shouldn't right. you have known better? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a food you've never tried before. You know, you don't know how it tastes till you try it. You know. Hey, I said I'd have a box office report, and everybody's asking, how in the world can you have a box office report during this shelter-in-place incident that's going on worldwide? But I do. Listen to this. A Florida movie theater is responsible for the entire U.S. weekend box office report. Alan, I don't know if you've ever heard if you've heard about this, but it's it's interesting. Ocala Drive-In off the U.S. 301 in Central Florida, it's about 75 miles north of Orlando, is one of the only of a handful of movie theaters still screening films after emergency orders, obviously for social distancing guidelines, forced most to close. All right, hold, to deadline.com. hold that thought. We've got someone who's joining us via the telephone lines, and Ooh. I want to try to get them in. We may have triggered something. Hopefully we haven't triggered, but we may have given no, somebody a thought. Trigger, yeah. <laughs> oh, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello, Alan. Oh, Eric. Hello, Barry. Oh, it's well, nobody. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, we have a bad connection. I think, uh, is there anybody here? Yeah. You, Good you morning, hear Eric. Me? You hear me? Is anybody there? I can't hear anybody. What, what's going on? You hear me? <laughs> well, we you're you're right. We do hear you, whether we're listening or not. What that's you playing? Better, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Eric. What do you want to do? I have a feeling you want to schoolberry on something. You never call unless to, unless we irritate you or say something wrong. And yeah, I never get a compliment. Two things. All right, Barry. You said back toward the beginning of the show when you were talking about uh, Man from Uncle and Avengers and all that. Yes. You said the show that Robert Vaughn was on was the. For, Professionals, Robert no, no, Vaughn. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Robert Vaughn. The, no, no, the no, 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 no. Was it the protectors, the protectors or the professionals? It's called the protectors, as you said. Yes, the protectors. I, I've been watching it all week. Yeah, it's the protectors. Well, you know, professionals, protectors. They both started with a P. Can't you at least give me that? No. Okay. They both start I with a pro. Know. I mean, and BK is a pro. We know that. Right. So there we go. It's a pro. Yeah. I mean, I've never said I don't make mistakes on this show. That's for sure. But I don't mind Eric calling Alan, in and correcting me. That's Alan, part of the. Uh, that's part of the thing. Here. Alan, do not encourage him. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know did you? Did you watch? Hey, Eric. Did you watch the Avengers with Patrick McNee? Yes, I did. Yeah, I never I saw it. I need to go back and watch it. And they had a hideous movie. Had a hideous movie came out that was no good with Sean Connery that came out. Was it Sean Connery? Yeah. No, no, no Sean. Uh, it was uh, 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 Ray Fiennes and Emma Thompson. Yeah, um, Sean Connery was in it too. Oh, was he? Yeah, okay. Connery was the bad guy, I think, but it wasn't. Was it? Animal. I think it was Uma Thurman that played oh. in it with uh, Ray Fiennes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that when don't get me started on that. Too. Yeah, that was terrible. It was a terrible remake of the show. But yeah, but I, pr- I appreciate the correction though. Second thing. Second thing. Now, Uh-oh. last week. You got Freaky Friday and uh, Parent Trap confused. I did, but you corrected me on I that, gonna, too. I hold up. I was going to call in, <laughs> but I heard somebody correct you in the background. Oh, did it? Okay, good. Therefore, you laughed for several days. Okay, good. Seven. Hey, did I accomplish my mission I'm there? I'm about that, and I'm still I, laughing. Well, making you <laughs> laugh for a long time is another one of my goals, Eric. The cool thing is we don't yeah, even have to yeah, try yeah. Tell you reach your goal. Good. My work That's here all I is done. To do. okay. I'm gonna talk to y'all next week. All right. See you there. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, don't threat. Don't threaten us, buddy. <laughs> Look, you know, no one's perfect. I mean, Eric doesn't no. like clowns. 
So there we go. Right. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll check me check me when I'm wrong, and I I'll be free to admit when I'm wrong. Hey, I was wrong about something else. I remember back when I said they're hey they're pushing the James Bond. Uh, movie back because they're not really confident and it's not because of this uh, COVID-19 lockdown thing. They're just not very happy with the film, blah, 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 blah. Well, it looks like I was wrong about that because they did push it back because of COVID-19 because as I found out now, they did not change the running time of the film. They might have re-edited and redone something. I don't, I'll never know, but I think I was wrong about that. And hey, I'll be first to admit it, man, right? Hey, I'm exactly with you. I just had a bad feeling about the movie. Yeah. I, I, wait, you know what I? You know what I was quoted as saying? I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Well, I'll get back to the story here that we're talking about about the movie uh, box office this weekend. The only movie theater that they're using for movie tickets sales reporting right now is in Ocala Drive-In in Central Florida. Now, of, of those remaining. Drive-ins, movie industry data is like the numbers which tracks box office revenue. They appear to be keeping up with the Ocala Theater. Screen Crush also reported it's one of the only open theaters showing new releases and reporting their grosses, pointing out findings by journalist Giddish Pandya, who runs the website boxofficeguru.com. We've reported some stuff from them from time to time. An interview, interview with Vice, Ocala's owner said he won't close the drive-in theater, which first opened in 1948, until he has no choice, he says. The old cliche, the show must go on, is not a cliche in my family, he says. It's a way of life. According to the numbers box office report for the weekend of April 17th, only a handful of films were screened, generating just over. Alan, do you want to take a stab at how much? Uh, uh, $3,000. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a pretty good guess. $5,300 in ticket sales. Most of that belonged to the IFC Films Resistance and Swallow, which grossed all of 2490 which while paying at a single, uh, playing at a single movie theater. By the way, I did not choose those <laughs> names, those films, or in the order of they were, were, were reported. Both movies from IFC Films, one a historic drama set in World War II, are the, and the other a horror film about a woman who eats inedible objects, are listed under Now Showing at the Ocala Drive-In's website. In addition to driving the box office reports, Resistance and Swallow movies have outranked Every other film on the numbers list of growing, grossing number one movies on the domestic box office chart at different points during the pandemic. Now, on April 15th, they reported Swallow, the film, was the second lowest grossing movie after earning just $1,710 over the weekend of April 10th. Now, by Tuesday, the number showed the movie Resistance overtaking the number two spot after grossing $2,490 last weekend. So there you go. There is a box office report officially. From one drive-in theater in Florida, which they're actually keeping up with, there are several drive-ins open, but they're they're kind of watching that one as the uh, as the uh, guiding light of the box office. So now I wonder if we're going to have a, you, a bigger number coming up next week with uh, Georgia being one of the states to start saying as long as they can put those social distancing things in effect this coming Monday, you can get your movie theaters starting to see movies again. I will, and I have that story here. I might get into it before we go to the break and then, and then pick it back up later if we have to go till uh, after our next break. From SlashFilm.com, AMC theaters plan to reopen in time for some big studio movies. Georgia, as Alan said, and a few more states are making headlines by planning to reopen some businesses, including movie theaters, sooner than expected. Yet, while theaters in certain places will be allowed to open soon, many of them have no plans to take advantage of this opportunity, including... AMC theaters who have announced that they have no plans to open at least until July. So they're looking for a July open date and there will be 
there will be two big movies that they'll be opening with if they make that opening date, and that will be Tenant by director Christopher Nolan, his new movie that's due out, and Disney's live-action remake of Mulan. Those are the two that'll be coming out. Now, here's the thing. if Even if more theaters want to open this month or even in May, there's no movies to screen. In the wake of the coronavirus shutdown, the theaters are delaying productions. Hollywood has delayed every new release until at least June, but AMC theaters have their eyes on July, obviously. Uh, AMC is going to wait things out until at least July before deciding for opening back up. Now, their actual their actual quote says, we're planning to reopen. The health and safety of our guests and associates is our absolute highest priority to be able to open. We also need a line of sight into a regular schedule of new theatrical blockbusters that get people truly excited about returning to their favorite movie theaters. These blockbusters are scheduled to return this summer, beginning to Warner, with Warner Brothers' Tenant. It's called Tenant, T-E-N-E-T, by Christopher Nolan and Disney's Mulan, like we said. Now, AMC is joining several other major chains who are taking the same stance. Cinemark Theaters released a statement saying the theater was currently working toward a midsummer opening date contingent upon health and safety regulations as well as availability of studio content. And Regal Theaters added, for the time being, we have no information about Regal being opened and also no, a little closer to home, no more, no information on NCG Cinema's as well the bottom line is all all the eyes will be set on those two films tenant and maybe mulan as long as that holds on to a J- july release date uh the movie theaters are planning to reopen closer to july so i guess we're going to see what happens once the theaters open like you and i talked about this alan about hey even even at the even at the parks like disney and universal open uh how many people are going to show up there may be a big wave there may be people holding off saying i don't know if i want to get back into this really quick right now with a bunch of people you know right elbows well i can tell you both those films i'm a huge fan of christopher nolan saw one extended trailer ahead of time when before they thought that it was going to d- get delayed tenant looks fantastic and i think the live action mulan looks fantastic as well so hey i might be the only one in the theater but i'll enjoy them right and that's that well if you're the only one there you won't be able to, you won't really catch anything probably so that that might be a plus. What what a better way than two big uh, expected blockbusters? That's two movies that they would think would make a lot of money anyway. That would be a great gauge to see what exactly is going on once they release those to see what's going on with the box office, right? Yep. So VK on there, we got more coming up. We're going to take a break here at the top of the hour. When we come back, we'll hear from Channel Star Wars, the Channel Star Wars report, and I'll tell you about a convention that has no plans of closing down too during this. Is BK on the air? Next, another interesting story that's in the news. In the news, the bus of the future goes bust. They were supposed to help carry commuters into the 21st century, but in many big cities, these buses aren't carrying anyone anywhere. We'll be back with Busted Buses in the news. Sponsored by Post Honeycomb, the cereal with a big bite and big taste. Friday, Wonder Woman shatters a hitman's disguise. Then, incredible suspense as a massive earthquake threatens a nuclear explosion. And the Incredible Hulk faces the toughest test of his life. Friday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain Time. Tomorrow on CBS. If I were human, I believe my response would be, go to hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. 
that are alive, you are coming with me. The Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. And now, back to a guy who has no idea what a call of encroachment means, but he knows what roughing the listener is all about. It's BK on the air. Greetings to all on the planet Druidia. It's time for Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by Scrooge's Bottled Air, Barf's Spacecraft Repair Shop, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans, by Star Wars fans. Faster than ludicrous speed, I'm your host, Mike Mann. Prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> Kicking things off this week, the Hollywood Reporter told us that for the second week in a row, Disney has released cast editions for the Cassian Andor series to be aired on Disney+. Plus. This time they bring us Guinevere O'Reilly and Denise Grew. While O'Reilly will be reprising her role as Mon Mothma from Rogue One and Star Wars Rebels, Channel Star Wars would like to note that Grew has been added to the list of relatively unknown talent recently signed to the Star Wars project. I got a really good feeling about this. Moving on, this week's episode of the Clone Wars Season 7 titled The Phantom Apprentice, things are really ramping up to a sinister boiling point. We see the continuation of the meeting of Maul and Ahsoka Tano while tying into events from the Revenge of the Sith during a conversation with Kenobi. Ahsoka informs him of Darth Sidious, whom Maul had mentioned as the future ruling interest of the galaxy. Where could this go? What could be happening? With Mandalorians, a lightsaber duel, and of course, clone humor? You'll definitely want to tune in and check out this episode. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. And lastly, The Mandalorian Season 2 will be released in October of 2020. But it was already reported this week that Season 3 is already in pre-production. Sources go on to point out that Bob Iger made comments about profit margins and revenue, blah, blah, blah. He basically says that The Mandalorian did far better than expected. Season 2 will be amazing from all aspects. Plan on keeping this train rolling as long as they can. And we appreciate that. Since we only have The Mandalorian Season 2, the Cassian Andor standalone series, Project Luminous, and The High Republic, and the Kenobi series to look forward to thus far. And that's all the time we have this week. Be sure to check back next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Wars. And for ChannelStarWars.com, I'm Mike Mann pointing out Kylo Ren and Rey were related. Think about it, people. And now back to BK on the air. May the force be with you, Mike Mann, with Channel Star Wars. Check them out at ChannelStarWars.com. You know, Star Wars is no secret that Star Wars has a huge convention presence wherever there is a convention. And Dragon Con in Atlanta 
is no exception to that. And I have some news here from Rodney Ho at WSB Radio in Atlanta. Atlanta's biggest sci-fi convention, Dragon Con, is still happening as of now. On Facebook Wednesday, the organizer said they are continuing to book celebrities and plan events, anticipating the con is going to happen Labor Day weekend as scheduled. That is more than four months away, by the way, if you're counting. Quote, many things in the world are uncertain right now, the message said. One thing isn't. We are planning to throw one sorely needed amazing celebration Come Labor Day, we're moving forward to keep Dragon Con 2020 on schedule. Nonetheless, they hedge their bets by noting that we're keeping in touch with the experts either way and working with our venue partners to make sure everything and everyone stays safe, happy, and healthy. Rest assured, if any time we feel that we cannot be accomplished, we will do what is needed to protect our community. You know, the con- there's no social distancing practice here. <laughs> the convention regularly draws 70,000-plus people uh, during a four-day annual extravaganza, which includes panels, parties, a parade, which is great, by the way, and cosplay galore, including celebrities and and a lot of other surprises there. It's, it's so hard to include everything that goes on at a Dragon Con convention. It all began in 1987, has become a beloved Atlanta tradition. Now, San Diego's Comic-Con, which goes back a half century and now draws 135,000-plus fans, was supposed to happen in July. Organizers Organizers nixed that event due to the pandemic. So I'm sure that the folks at DragonCon are keeping a close eye on this, Alan, because, like I said, you cannot, if anything's still going on, they may have to revisit it because 70,000 people in combined hotel spaces, uh, there's a lot of uh, germs being shared there no matter what way you look at it, (laughs) you know. Yeah, there's Come not on. a lot of, like you said, there's not a lot of social distancing, but when you start looking at the parade, people wanting to line right. up to watch the parade, you can't really do that and keep a six-foot barrier. Right, and I'm sure, you know, keep keep posted if, you, if you're a ticket holder or whatnot uh, to their website, and, and sure they'll update you on anything that's going to happen because, you know, thing, things could happen on a dime. I tend to see... All of this coming out with, uh, you know, movie theaters announcing their opening, certain thing, places opening, uh, Georgia opening a lot of things and, and announcing. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's like, OK, today we're open. There we go. No, this is in stages. I think that they've, they've smartly made this in stages where certain things are opening back up in, in small increments. And uh, some other some other companies are looking to the future in a month or two down the road and sizing everything up and seeing and certainly going to have to make a decision one way or the other. But, Alan, I see it. I don't know if you see it like I do. Maybe you do. That light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. I think it's actually the actual exiting of this tunnel, and the light is everything returning back to normal or getting slowly back to normal. Right. right. Unlike our, our personal lives where it would be a train, I, I do think the rest <laughs> right. of Georgia is going to be, and, I, and I'm going to love it because we're going to end up being that uh, that symbol to the rest of not just the nation. As we heard in my interview in my show uh, previously, we're actually being reported in the UK and all of uh, BBC and, and uh, Western European media as being a state that's, quote, taking a, a very daring chance to open early. You and I have a lot of uh, we have had a lot of trains coming down into the tunnel to hit us in the past. So we were familiar with that part. I've been hit by the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that light in the tunnel was the train and it hit us and, and probably like like me it may be mine backed over me once and went over me again <laughs> the train the train came to a stop half mile down the road and said back up <laughs> that's right we missed some of it <laughs> let's take care of that little piece that's still on the track he's still a I little did. alive <laughs> he's he's only mostly now, dead i'm not dead yet 
I'm not well, dead, but I could use some salve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very badly burned. That's terrible. Uh, we got we got a guy dressing as the Grim Reaper sitting on some of the beaches that are open now. I thought that was poor taste. He's just sitting in the in the lifeguard station, dresses the Grim Reaper with a big scythe and, and the cloak <laughs> and everything. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, some people have a wicked sense of humor, and other people yes, don't understand right. it. And some people are just crazy, like right here. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I'm going to have a movie suggestion. Maybe Alan's got one, too. We're going to have a COVID shutdown, shelter-in-place movie suggestion for you when you come back. Mine's Clint Eastwood, by the way. I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. New from KTAL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the candy man can. Olivia Newton-John. not for Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't pull your love out on me, Derek and the Domino's big hit, Layla. Osmond's Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. You've got power in your kiss. Lobo. Possible Hot Butters, Popcorn. And many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. Groovy. okay if you don't understand what he's talking about he probably doesn't either it's bk on the air on am 1450 fm 100.3 and online using the tune in radio app that's right babies it's bk on the air dispensing retro geeky talk every saturday at the same time you can always depend on me to be here there's not going to be much that pulls me away from my job saving uh I don't know, maybe even if I uh, pass into the great beyond, I may find some way to Skype in and Alan can put me on the air. What do you think? Stranger things have happened. I'm okay. I'll put on the white noise of the afterlife. <clears throat> I mean, I could talk to everybody that's there. <laughs> you don't <know>, have some <laughs> heck of interviews coming up. You'd have some great interviews. <laughs> it is. Uh, if you've, you, know if what, you've lost you would bother me. It on. would really bother me if you said, hey, we've got this interview this week. And hey, uh, good news and bad news. We're going to have uh, Prince on with us this week. Next week, you're on. Like, wait, what? How funny you should mention Prince. I've got him in part of our On This Day in History in a roundabout way. If you've, if you've, if you've lost count of what day it is during this uh, COVID-19 shelter-in-place, or if you're listening to a podcast and I'm giving the date, then it, it means absolutely nothing if you're listening to it a month from now. It is April 25th. We're talking about April 25th on This Day in History today. 1954. April 25th, Bell Labs announces the first solar battery made from silicon. It has about 6% efficiency. Uh, they made them a little better now. I think they have, they're up to 9% now, I think, is uh, <laughs> with solar. <clears throat> now, they're a little better than that, but um, they're still a long way from powering jets from flying over the ocean. 1961, April 25th, the Mercury Atlas rocket lifted off with an, electromag- with an electronic mannequin on a board, I have no idea what her name was. <clears throat> don't ask me who it was because I don't know what her name was. 1970, April 25th, Frida Payne re- releases the song Band of Gold. 
I remember that song growing up. It was weird. It's all about a woman that breaks up with a guy and she sings about all she's got is this, this band of gold, this ring is all that's left of their love. Boy, we can identify with that too. Can't we? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> we're, we're mean, talking no, about did I laugh? <clears throat> I mean, no. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> yeah. Another April 25th, uh, milestone, 1978, ABC's premiere of the crime drama Vegas with Robert Urich premiered on this date. 1983. Hey, you know what? Keep Robert Urich in mind when we get to our recommended movies or a couple of things to watch because there's a bit of a a sort of remake in an old series that he did, Spencer for Hire. Okay, cool. I think I know where you're going with that. 1983 on April 25th. Nightline, a night news show on ABC, expands from one half hour to a full hour. You remember Nightline, Alan, with Ted Koppel? Yes, he's good. Night news. I, I always thought if Ted Koppel had a missing tooth, he would look just like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. Welcome <laughs> to Nightline. Ted Koppel. He always I sounded like con- he was pushing a little too hard to get the words Welcome out. Welcome to constipation. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Another 1983 milestone, April 25th. NASA space probe Pioneer 10 travels beyond Pluto's orbit. Let's hope it doesn't run into a giant alien and they send it back to us to destroy the Earth. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Voyager 6. Oh, so it went beyond Pluto? Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wrong Pluto. Well, 19, oh. 1990, the Hubble, th- this was this week, by the way, and today, Hubble Space Telescope is placed into orbit by the Space Shuttle Discovery. Can you believe it's been 20 years since we pushed, pushed the Hubble in orbit? How would you have liked to have been the guy that went and said, now that we've got it in space, we found out we've got an error in the mirror. <laughs> That's right. There's a crack. There is a talk about a great documentary. There was one on the repair of the Hubble and how, what an amazing and what a, actually what a dangerous job it was to fix one of the most expensive telescopes ever launched in the history of, of space. And what do you do? I know there's safeguards in place, but when you're out there fixing something, you got a wrench, you know, or a NASA wrench that's supposed specially designed for that. You know, and sometimes things happen. What do you? What if you're out there and you're like, "Oh no, I, I dropped the wrench." <laughs> Whoops! You can't I, uh, just pick it up. <laughs> well, you, those are usually tethered. The worst thing would be, you know, yeah. that screw you had me undo. Uh, we're gonna need another one. <laughs> yeah, but getting it to me is gonna be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have the to guy wait down nine months for the next shuttle. <laughs> I know the guy at Mission Control goes. I have one. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> really, where my pocket? Okay, shut and up, it's, Henry. And it's got to be the guy from Airplane. You know, the guy goes, did I leave the iron on? Yeah, this is like, <laughs> tell me the story from the beginning. Well, first, the earth cooled. That's right. Hey, there's some birthdays today, 1940. You know who was born on April 25th? Al, pa- Al Pacino. Hoorah! Was born today. Yeah. It's Al Pacino's birthday. I'm a fan of man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's it's Hank Azaria's birthday. American actor from The Birdcage, voiced behind many characters in The Simpsons. Mo Apu, Chief Wiggum. Oh no, he's not going to do a poo anymore. He will not do a poo. It is not sensitive. That's right. You know what? We'll do a poo for him. Uh, <laughs> we'll, you we'll may emerge from my chips now, Mister Simpson. <laughs> Ray Zellweger. It's her uh, American actress. It's her birthday. Oh, today, I love her. I love her. <clears throat> You know, I never, I wasn't familiar with who she was, and I actually happened upon a movie, that Bridget Jones movie once, and that's the only thing I'd seen, and it was on, and I was watching it, and I'm like, who's this British chick? Yeah, <laughs> nope, like, she's Wait a not. Minute, she's not. Hey, that's how do the, how do the Brits like that? We'll, we'll cast an American yeah. in their British movie. That's right. We're going to cast, I want to see an American actor's James Bond do a British accent. What's wrong with that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's turn the tide on them. They're always doing, <laughs> they're taking right. our roles and putting on American accents. British actor is Superman. Well, he did a great job. I will say that. So <laughs> I'm he looked a, I'm the part. Merchant. 
By the way, I got a question for you, Alan. This is a on this day question, and let's see if Alan, let's see if you can play and do this. What do the following movies have in common? See if we can determine. Unbreakable, Castaway, Remember the Titans, and American Psycho. Have you seen all of those films? I've seen all but American Psycho. Oh, you've never seen American Psycho with with uh, Christian Bale? No, I haven't. And I heard it's wow, pretty that's good. A crazy movie. But you know what it's about, right? Uh pretty much, yeah. Like a, he's like a serial killer. What do you think all those films have in common? They all have a dastardly villain. <laughs> uh well, but who's the villain in Castaway? The 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 FedEx ship, the FedEx plane, <laughs> nature. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the island right. it was out to get him. No, uh, uh, let me no. think. I, I can't. I can't without the. No, I don't know what uh, what links what links those four movies together. We are not one. You're not going to hear this, but uh, they all turn 20 years old this week. Oh, uh, this, this wait a minute. That's not <laughs> fun. Yes, I'm thinking actor or director. 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you sounded like Eric there for a second. That wait, you said good. 1990. Wouldn't that make it 30 years? Oh no, not 1990. I'm sorry. Uh, 2010. Oh, that make, if it's there, 2010, yeah. that makes it 10 years. So you better pick I'm your t- math. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry, I, I misread it. It's 20 years old. Yeah, they came out 20 <laughs> years ago. So right in the year 2000. Oh, Two th- in the year 2000. Can you believe that? <sighs> you know, I keep thinking the 80s felt like not that long ago, but then I'm thinking, well, did we just start the new millennium? Nope, nope. 20 <laughs> nope. years ago. <laughs> With all that panic going on, thinking the year 2000 was going to cruise. Uh, screw up all the computers you know that wasn't that just yeah wasn't that just a few years ago it seemed like it was uh number one at the box office april 25th 1990 let's go back uh that many years ago teenage mutant ninja turtles which you know i still have never seen that version i've never watched that version of teenage mutant ninja turtles i did have i didn't seen, mind it but i it? also had younger brothers so i think a lot of it was tainted by the fact it was entertaining for them as well um i didn't i remember not minding it i haven't seen any of the iterations since and what makes me feel good is all that snafu crap that we just went through right now. Me thinking about how many years ago those movies came out and I screwed up. I can edit all that out for the podcast now. That's so cool. Probably a good <laughs> idea. Save it for an outtake. <laughs> That's so great that I can do that now. Uh, number one on the Billboard chart back in 1990, April 25th, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. And written by, you mentioned him earlier, Prince. Yeah, there you go. A little, I forgot a little that tie Prince, in. I think he pr- produced it too, I think, so. Uh, it is National Something Day every day, believe it or not. I can't believe that, that every day has a national thing connected to it. Today, April the 25th, is natu- National DNA Day. Oh, okay, we I'd like to get have, in touch with my it. biology. <laughs> right, we've all got it. Uh, it's also National Hug a Plumber Day. I'm not going to do that. Have you seen the crack? No. <laughs> And not because it's because I don't have a plumber here. It's just that I'm I'm not going to hug my plumber. I don't really think I need to do that. I'll tell him thank you or tell him or her thank you and, and uh, you know, give him a tip maybe. But that's about it. It's also National Telephone Day today. Oh, wow. So we're supposed to actually call somebody, not text them or message them. We have to actually call well, them? Well, we, we can. And, and technically, you and I have taken care of that. Does Skype count? Uh, there we go. I think so. I, we're we're using, talking. I mean, I'm using the phone. So, <laughs> yeah, you are. I think, I think that works. Let's do this right quick, and if we need to hold it over to the next break, we'll do that. Uh, I've got a COVID-19 movie suggestion. If you're stuck inside, we want to give you some of our movie suggestions. Clint Eastwood's made a lot of films, made a lot of westerns too, by the way, but there's one that kind of falls through the cracks, and I don't know why it's the case because it's a great movie. Pale Rider by Clint Eastwood. Fantastic talk- western and Pale a great Rider. story. I mean, my, 
Yeah, my favorite Clint Eastwood Western is Outlaw Josie Wells, and everyone loves the man with no name spaghetti westerns that he did and the unforget, uh, unforgivable movie that he did, which won the Academy Award-winning movie. But Pale Rider, it's an eight, 1985 American Western film produced and directed and starring Clint Eastwood. The title is a reference to the four horsemen of the apocalypse as the rider of a pale horse is death. The film, which nearly took $41 million at the box office, and hey, that's a lot of money back in 85, became the highest grossing Western of the 80s. Pale Rider was released in the United States in June of 85. It was the first mainstream Hollywood Western to be produced after the massive financial failure of Heaven's Gate, a Western-themed movie that came out and bombed. Pale Rider received critical acclaim and currently holds a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, and Roger Ebert praised the film, giving it uh, praised the film, giving it four out of four stars. Now, further, he stated, "Pale Rider is overall a considerable achievement, a classic western of style and excitement, and it's a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb." So, Pale Rider, a fantastic western. I'm sure you've seen it, Alan. I have not only seen it; I've seen it multiple times. Um, it may be my second favorite of the westerns I, I appreciate the man with no main no name for what it was as a trilogy getting him started but in terms of just the drama the story the cinematic elements uh unforgiven is my favorite but pale rider is my second favorite and you won't believe the people i run into that go i didn't really like pale rider that much now then you can have your own opinion about stuff but it's because they didn't understand, understand it, it. <laughs> that's right great movie pale rider watch it if you're stuck inside be down there we're gonna take a break but we'll be back The galaxy explodes. The Rebels return. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Rebel attack squad ahead. New Imperial shuttle. You have to put it together. Batteries not included. Action figures each sold separately. After him. Excellent, Lord Vader. Death Star signaling. Ring up. Prepare to land. Landing you down. Ramp engaged. This battle station better be ready or... Yes, my Emperor. New Imperial shuttle. Action figures sold separately. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. La 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 Luke, Luke, I am your father. La 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 la. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. That was from Star Wars. I know. And now, back to the guy who secretly thinks J.J. Abrams did the best job with any Star Trek movie, but he'll never admit it. It's BK on the air. Welcome back, BK. We are. I, I'm trying to be everyone's uh, shelter in place escape, you know, like uh, like everything else. We want to try to get away from all this. And uh, a lot of people are stuck inside. A lot of people. I was thinking the other day of just how inconvenient is it that, that maybe a couple, a married couple or someone who really a couple of people that care a lot for each other were, were apart, like like along many thousands of miles apart when all this started up and then they just couldn't make it back. And I feel for those people, you know, they uh, there's a lot of stories out there I'm sure can be told about. Uh, people not getting back from destinations and whatnot. I know a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't. And there's a lot of people that have been trapped inside with those people that that they said they loved, and they want some time away. 
<laughs> perfect segue into this. And they're ordering a lot of food too, by the way. I mean, we've, we've done it a couple of times and we've, we've kind of adopted a local restaurant uh, to, to go get pickup from that we love. And, and we love doing that. Hopefully you can do that too, is help out businesses that are slowly trying to come back from Fox News quarantine cravings. Grubhub reports some of the most popular delivery orders in America. Now, sure, you could spend your free time in self-isolation perfecting that homemade bread recipe, or you could just order delivery, baby. Why not? Oh, I know. My, re- my daughter used it for an event. She and her boyfriend wanted to do something, but they knew they couldn't go to a, a, one of the larger chain restaurants, and so they just had it delivered to the door. There's nothing wrong with that. And for a long time now, some of the major grocery store chains have a call ahead, put your order in, you pull up, and they'll bring it out to your vehicle and load it up for you. You pay for it, and then you're off back to your home to stock up that fridge and cabinet. Well, Grubhub has revealed the most popular takeout meals that customers are being delivered across America, mapping out the most ordered dishes by region. This must-see list highlights the most popular foods ordered through the online food delivery service from March the 16th to April the 16th, a month in which most Americans are social distancing during this fight against COVID-19. The data was calculated in comparison with the period of three weeks prior before the global outbreak of the novel coronavirus was declared a national emergency. And a spokesperson for Grubhub confirmed on Friday in a report here shared with Fox News. According to the findings, Americans are going bonkers for breakfast while sticking closer to home. From coast to coast, breakfast foods were the most in-demand dishes to be delivered, Grubhub said. Sales of the following fares increased most significantly. Sausage, egg and cheese croissants, brisket burgers, sausage, egg and cheese biscuits, chicken Caesar salad, and donuts, believe it or not. Now, they've split it up by region. Listen to some of these regions, difference in region. Comfort foods are trending in the Northeast. Mac and cheese, carne asada bowl, cinnamon apple pie, Nashville hot chicken. By the way, I'm a huge fan of Nashville hot chicken. I love the flavor of Nashville hot. And barbecue burger, that's the, uh, that's the Northeast. The Midwesterners are craving sweet treats and savory bites, such as sausage, egg and cheese burritos, glazed donuts, fried cheese curd, red velvet cupcake, spicy chicken wraps, and ribs. We're as popular ever as ever in the South, by the way. I mean, <laughs> big surprise. Here's what else Southerners want. They want Tex-Mex and traditional staples, burrito bowls, grilled steak burrito, sausage, egg and cheese, croissant, waffle fries, and baby back ribs. Yeah, Southerners, I, we're there. I, I'm down with that. I could be down with any of this food from any region, but but that's, uh, that matches up the Southeast very well. Out West, guess what they're getting out West? Sandwiches are reigning supreme out West. Sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. I think I see a trend with sausage here, Alan. Sausage. I, you know, that's almost my favorite <laughs> breakfast. I do like the bacon, egg, and cheese just a little bit yeah. better. By the way, hold that thought. We've got somebody who All wants right. to join in. Welcome via the telephone lines. This is BK on the air. Who's this? This Russell. I got a food for thought since you're doing food. A food for All thought. Right. All right. Food for thought. They say they're opening the restaurants. If you go to the restaurant to eat and you're social distancing, you have... The delivery person, the cook, and the waitress who touches your food prior to you receiving it. If you do curbside, you have the delivery person, the cook, the person taking your money, which isn't clean, walking it out to your car, and then you take it. That's four. If you use Grubhub, you have the delivery person to the restaurant, the cook, the person that prepares it, and then, on top of that, 
you have a Grubhub delivery person who may or may not use cigarettes or any type of tobacco, who may or may not have one or two deliveries prior to getting to your house, and may or may not cough, sneeze, or ride with the window down with your food in the car. So, therefore, out of those options, do you not believe that restaurants that are going to adhere to this policy are more safer than having five people pick your food instead of three? Well, I'm all for being more safer because if I have to pick, that's the pick I'm going with. Well, he makes a valid point, and the bottom line is, let's just hope everyone, I know that I am, but everyone wash your hands often. Hey, it Russell. Does, it does help, yeah. Great. For, thanks for the point. Got to let you go because we're coming up on a break, but thank you so much for calling in. BK, I will only add this. I don't know who uses cash anymore. Maybe some people do. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I held actual currency in my hand. Right, but the one thing that will combat all of this would be just as simply continue to vigorously wash your hands and keep them clean after any contact because that's that's really going that's to that's really going to be the bottom line and keep them out of your face especially if you haven't washed them uh, if you've got an itch a scratch whatever and you can't get a napkin or something or, or your shirt sleeve go wash really real fast and then you know scratch what you got to scratch hey we're coming right. up on that uh, break coming up at the 45 minute which means we've only got about 15 minutes left can i give you a couple of suggestions for covid or did you still have a couple more things you want to talk about with grubhub no, that's no. That was it. Uh, we finished that out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So one movie I told you there was a Robert Urich tie-in, and maybe because I heard about it on a podcast that said Spencer Confidential wasn't all that good. It was somewhat predictable. My wife and I watched it on Netflix. It's the Mark Wahlberg flick, sort of setting it in that same world, maybe staging for some additional follow-on yeah, films. Yeah, we saw the trailer for that. Yeah. I liked it. My wife liked it. We like, you know what? We were entertained. So don't set your bar too high. But I maybe it's because I like Mark Wahlberg, too. I thought it was enjoyable. Two other things. I haven't seen it yet, but it is on Amazon Prime, and I plan to watch it. The documentary Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary about the film Galaxy Quest. And Disney Gallery is now on Disney+. Plus. It is a behind-the-scenes look uh, show, and they are doing behind-the-scenes of Season 1 of The Mandalorian. Great suggestions if you're stuck inside. Also, there's a, a documentary about the making of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, too. A lot to choose from. It's BK on the air. We'll return after these messages. I believe in the old things, you know. Family, friendship, fairness. That's what this country's all about. Taking it to the edge. Laying it all on the line. I watch your tale. You watch mine. I value human life. Hey, we're all on the same side. DJ Hooker, he's with you. And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK on the air. It's just patting my head and rubbing my stomach at the same time that I have a problem with. 
And, uh, you know, just switching it around, too. That's kind of hard to do. Uh, you know that there's a, there's a lot of things going on right now that people are providing you with instructions on things, how to do things while you're stuck at home during the um, shelter at place. But I have this story, which is cool, from nerdbot.com. You can make, how would you like to make Universal Studios Wizarding World butter beer by yourself without going down to the park? First of all, you just use the word beer, so yes. <laughs> Theme parks have been closed right now, and it's a weird time for everyone, but that doesn't mean we can't try to enjoy some of the treats that we used to get at the park. Many recipes have been put online by some of the parks themselves. Disney has put out a variation of their Dole Whip recipe, as well as their famous churros. Now, Mrs. BK is crazy about that, and she's going to try to do the Dole Whip at home because she loves that. And now we've we found a recipe for Universal's butter beer from Harry Potter, which is straight out of the Wizarding World itself. I'm not going to get into the specifics of how you mix it and what you do. I've posted that at BK on the Air's Facebook page, and you can also go to nerdbot.com and check it out. But what you're going to need is a third a cup of butterscotch syrup, one liter of vanilla cream soda chilled, one cup of heavy cream, a, qu- uh, a quarter teaspoon of caramel extract, a quarter cup of unsalted butter melted, one teaspoon of vanilla extract or vanilla bean paste, and a quarter cup of powdered sugar. Notice, Alan, there's no alcohol in that. Uh, I was saying you're missing a line. At least I'll have to add right. one. A half cup or two flavor, maybe a cup of vodka. That's right. You can you can mix something in there. Now, would it be butter beer with vodka in it? Have you turned it into more of a mixed drink at that point? Well, butter beer isn't isn't like a uh, a brewed ale. It was just it's supposed to taste more like a mixed drink. Oh, it wasn't like a beer like in the book or whatever. No, they just called it butter beer okay. because of the alliteration. They also had fire whiskey, which I'd be happy to try too. Well, go and check it out. You can make it. I'm glad that they're coming out with a lot of these recipes, and you can drink it from the comfort of your own Hogwarts house or home or house. <laughs> abode whichever dorm or whatever that you're in in harry potter by the way have you ever wherever you're test? sheltering in place right well have you ever taken the harry potter test to find out what where the sorting hat would put you have you ever taken any of those yeah i've done a couple of those qu- quests or uh, quest quizzes quests Jeez, what's wrong with me <laughs> quizzes and i've always been putting gryffindor yeah the uh mrs bk always gets that too now i try to i don't skew the answers when i take those every one of them i try to take and you know uh, uh, gizmodo has one the wizarding world themselves has a quiz you can take you answer the questions i think uh, uh buzzfeed has one and they're all they're, they're all questions just to try to place you in the in the right house and for some reason almost every time i've taken it which is about five different sites i've taken it on i have gotten hufflepuff my my oldest why. daughter it's gets Hufflepuff. My personality, my personality. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what? They're the uh, they're the intellectuals of the Wizarding World, writing a lot of the books and doing a lot of the things behind the scenes. My other daughter tends to be Ravenclaw a lot. So far, none of us are admitting that Slytherin ever comes up as an answer. <laughs> At least if they took it, they're not saying it. You're right, right? Now I have secondary questions about my wife, but we'll just let her go with whatever. Maybe the sorting oh. hat was like with Harry. Could put him in, in either house, but chose Gryffindor because that's and, what she wanted. And she's listening right now and heard that. I'm sure. Of course, <laughs> no, no, four and a half of rest of five, four hour, almost five hours straight. Probably didn't hear a word. Heard that. Well, I, it's good. Now I did take one where it put me in. Uh, it put me in Gryffindor. So maybe I'm a cusp on either one, but I, I'm a, I'm a Hufflepuff. We're a little more laid back in the Hufflepuff world. And what's funny is after, after the giant destruction in, uh, in Hogwarts in the last two parter film that they made, um, 
it was noted, I think, that the Hufflepuffs were the house that where most of the people stayed and decided to fight against Voldemort at the end. And I thought that was kind of cool. I'm proud of that. Oh, yeah. Every one of the houses, well, maybe save for Slytherin, but <laughs> every one of the right. houses did have something honorable in their history and in course of, of, of their makeup. And I think that's one of the charms of the what J.K. Rowling created. I know it has some holes when you start asking questions and things, but for the most part, that each of those houses each had something that was sort of they were recognized for, whether it was bravery, whether it was uh, daring do, whether it was for mischievousness or being able to see past, you know, the, the schemes of others. Every house had something that was even a Slytherin. It technically is positive. Right. By the way, it's never too late to start thinking about Christmas gifts, by the way, uh, during the year. Now, I, it may be a little too early to start thinking about Christmas with some people. I mean, I don't know of anybody that puts up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving is over. Do you? Uh, there is one person in this conversation who tries to. <laughs> tries to. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make that plural, trees. Multiple. Right? Every room. Well, doc, talking about this, the reason I bring that up is Hallmark is releasing a brand new keepsake ornament this coming October. Can you imagine what movie it's from mr sanders let's see with us is it the netflix uh christmas movie with kurt, kurt russell as santa claus well that would be cool but this is even cooler than that it's a back in 2014 you may recall harmert released their great white menace keepsake ornament ornament depicting the killer shark with from jaws with three yellow bar- barrels tethered to him but the movie's iconic theme song played with the push of a button and it was needless to say the very first Jaws ornament from Hallmark. But this holiday season, a new one is on the way. Previewed in the Hallmark 2020 Dream Book, the Jaws shark attack ornament is based on the film's climactic finale with the shark breaching the surface with an oxygen tank in its mouth. The ornament was created by Orville Wilson and Tracy Larson, and it will sell for $17.99 and release October 3rd. 2020 so another jaws ornament which would be awesome hopefully there's an adult version where you can hear roy scheider say smile you son of <laughs> and also the adult version will also have i don't know chunks of quint still on the teeth you know <laughs> when he opens his mouth because that was always disturbing when i was a kid when i'd see that you know it's oh, like Bruce, oh it's got quint that's... chunks in his mouth no, yeah you got told no. as a kid see you got to floss your teeth you don't want that stuff sitting in there <laughs> No, what's wrong? I got a piece of Quint in my mouth. <laughs> Get it out. So, uh, and in fact, uh, Brody was right there in the ship when he crashed through and opened his mouth and did that. He could have just brushed his teeth with those big brushes and got it out. Oh, and by the way, if you're still thinking about something, you can also, if you want to get me that, somebody, you can also get me the 4K version of Jaws, which is out now on Blu-ray, which is great. How, how many versions of Jaws has there been released on home video in some way? Well, I owned it on VHS. <laughs> Then yep. I bought the original DVD when it got ported. Then I got a 20th anniversary DVD, a 25th a anniversary, a 30th anniversary DVD. <laughs> then I bought it on Blu-ray, and now apparently I'm going to get the 4K. <laughs> apparently. I'm up one from you because I went through my RCA la- uh, r- video disc. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a short-lived uh, technology. Yeah. And I bought the Jaws video disc as well. So add all of those in with the video disc, and I'm, I've had them all too. I'm a sucker. I'll get the versions that come out. But 4K is a is a game changer. I'm interested in seeing what it looks like in 4K because I, I told you we did go see Jaws 
in the theater at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, the big, big, beautiful Fox Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a beautiful copy of the film. And I noticed things on the big screen detail that I hadn't seen, See, I guess, since I saw first thought in the theater. This is where I'm starting to feel like I'm being pressured to buy a 4K Blu-ray player because if you have a regular Blu-ray, your television, if it's 4K, chances are it tries to upscale the signal it gets. But it's not a true 4K signal, so I'd be interested to see how good it looks if I got a 4 4K Blu-ray player. See, you say pressured. You and I aren't. We don't have a problem with the with with drug drug pushers and other things like that that are bad. We have the guy on the corner going, "Hey Mac, you want the new 4K Jaws that's out?" Psst. Hey guy, come <laughs> over like here. I got that. I got a deal for you. <laughs> come on. All you got you know to you- do once you get this though, you got to buy a player, okay? And I got I can hook you up. <laughs> you know you want it. I got a van here full of them. They couldn't get delivered, so I'm just trying to sell them and make a little money. In fact, you need two. One, one, one for a friend and one for you. Now, one for upstairs TV and one for the downstairs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you a question because I still am so bothered. My wife decided to move a television into our room. I have, for, the, for as long as I could, resisted putting a television in the bedroom. Because right. it just keeps you in bed when you shouldn't or it keeps you awake when you shouldn't be. I hate having a TV in the room. I don't mind having a movie room or a TV in other rooms, but I don't like it in my bedroom. Yeah, we don't have we don't have one in ours because we're never bored in there. That I'm bumped. Excuse me no. while I whip this out. <laughs> Well, I, I agree with you. I don't and for the reason you said, we don't we don't want one in there either because I'm like I already am lying in this bed, you know, on my on my phone or reading a book is bad enough. But if I got a TV in here and and the minute I move the mini fridge into the bedroom, <laughs> I'm not going to leave. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about being told to shelter in place. You're there. <laughs> no problem. Hey, when he said shelter in place, they don't mean one room. You can't move around the house, darn it. Yeah, Come I on. love the, the meme that came out that showed every room in the house and said, here's my pub crawl map. It goes from the living room right. to the dining room to the kitchen all the way back to the bedroom. It makes total sense, right? <laughs> that, that was my pub crawl. Hey, I want to do one more quick story. This is funny. As long uh, as you got was, 45 it was, seconds to pull it, was it off. It from last week. There's a, well, I'll just do a, a Reader's Digest version of it. Did you hear about the woman that didn't have a mask when she went to the grocery store? So she grabbed the, 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 the quickest thing she could. She grabbed a Buzz Lightyear helmet and wore it to the grocery store. <laughs> Did you hear about that? I did not, but come on, people. It was it was it was hilarious. I'm like, well, that's not really going to do much, I guess. If the plastic thing is closed, are you going to be able to breathe? You know, but you can't play the cool sounds that Buzz says, you know, on the buttons <laughs> as you walk through the store, and everybody will get some entertainment out of it, right? <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh! See, I live for stuff like that. That's that's fantastic. So you you talked about. Uh, you talked about your COVID-19 shelter-in-place movies. We had one. I was talking about Pale Rider earlier. Fantastic movie by Clint Eastwood. I'm going to tell everyone. I'm going to save uh, a TV show that I want to tell everyone until for next week because I'm sure we might. Things might change this week, but I'm not sure. Maybe back in the studio. We'll have to size it up over the next week and see what happens. But if not, we'll still be broadcasting and doing the show like we have been. Alan at the controls and me in the COVID-free zone that I'm broadcasting from on the uh Fortress of Solitude. It's BK on the air. Thanks, Alan, as usual, for holding it together. You're welcome, sir. Adios. And, buddy, we'll see everybody out there on Anchor. Listen to the podcast on Anchor, SoundCloud, and Podbean. It's BK on the air. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Jim Bob.
Good night, John Boy. <laughs>